Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey guys, welcome back to Absurdity. And just before we jump in here, I want to be really clear that the official episode, or name and title of this episode is what you see in iTunes, but the real title of this episode is Ryan goes to the World Series and sees the Dodgers play in the World Series before Tony does and roots against them. I hate you so much right now. (laughs) You have no idea how much hatred is in my heart. Um, Bro, you know what was was crazy to me? Mm. At one point, A-Rod walked by us. No way. A-Rod, yeah, A-Rod was at a Red Sox World Series game. Which is just I bet because <coughs> I I think he does recording for ESPN or something. Oh yeah, so it was just it was just strange to see happen. Like it was very oh, yeah. odd. No no no. But no, the game was amazing. So I did go to a World Series game on Tuesday, Game One of the Red Sox versus Dodgers. Which, to be fair, I'm not like a diehard baseball fan. I don't really follow it that much. He really is I, not. No. Um, like I care about it, but I don't care about it. So. Um, I you know I like never you're up to date. Like you knew it was the World Series and who was playing in it, but you're not like. You don't care about the players. No, yeah, exactly. Well, I guess now, like, I I don't really know that I have a choice here, so I guess I'm admitting this publicly, but I guess now I'm a Red Sox fan because I just dropped, like, $600 to go watch them play. I hate you so So much. So I don't really, like, in Game 1 of the World Series in Boston, in Fenway Park, like, I don't... Oh, dude, we were saying that all night long, and it was so relevant, and it was great. Well, here's and here's the thing, though. It wasn't just that you saw the Red Sox. You saw the Red Sox in the World Series in Boston. Game you know one. I mean? So it's like, and I, they won. If you were going to choose a team, you should still choose the Dodgers. But, like, I can get why you would, like, start rooting for the Red Sox for that reason. Be like, yeah, no, I can kind of, yeah. Now, here's what's that, really important that you know, which is here's why I went to the World Series. The night before, I or the day before, I went to Chipotle in New York City, and people got mad at me. Because why are you in New York City eating Chipotle instead of something local? To which right. I responded, I have a bucket list item of eating Chipotle in all 50 states. Don't at me on my Instagram story. Tony <laughs> added me. Uh, literally all he did was send me an at sign. Send, send the at sign, yeah. The asper- no, not Asperson is and. The, yeah, the, the, as, the, the at sign, yeah. It's the just, at, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> I, uh, well... I had I told him don't at me. I literally warned you what would happen. I I said don't at me, and yeah. you added me, so I had to go to the World Series game and take a picture and watch your Dodgers lose. It was great. Was uh, that was that before or after? What? No, it was before. You sent me that it was before. before. Okay. Because I I distinctly remember looking at Rick and going. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. No, that, that, and going. That I want to respond to this at sign so badly, but I think I think responding to it tomorrow when we're at the game is going to be even better. Um, so. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's yeah. 
No, it was, I, I um, <laughs> hear me for I have spoken absurdity. Ryan Becker is not on my fun list. This um, is going to be every time. Here's, here's here's what we'll do. We're talking about something kind of serious ish. Um, literally, anytime you talk to me, I'm going to start with screw you, Ryan, and then I'm going to jump into it. So <laughs> we're just making that agreement between ourselves right now. All right. That's how this episode is going to go down. I've earned and it. And after this, I will have closure. That's fine. Um, yeah, I agree. All right. So two quick things uh, before we jump into the main kind of gist and, and meat of this episode. Uh, the first thing I keep I've been meaning to put this in last episodes, but I keep forgetting to record it separately. But December 28th through 30 in Charlotte, North Carolina, there is Awaken Conference for uh, for young adults. And it's for the it's open to the entire NAD. This isn't like a Carolina conference thing. Uh, I'm part of the development team for it and the planning team, but I'm I'm also giving a doing a seminar on on living in a post-Christian world. So uh, if you are interested in going to Awaken uh, Awaken Conference, go to awakennc.com and you can sign up, you can register there. It is like an official conference, so you'll have to book your own lodging and your own travel, stuff like that. Like it's not like a summer camp. It's not like your typical Adventist thing, but it is an Adventist event. So awakennc.com, December 28th through 30 in Charlotte, North Carolina. The second thing I want to do, uh, this is kind of the last thing that we're going to talk about GC wise for a bit but I really want to be like annual council wise. But there's one thing that I forgot to bring up last episode that I think is really important for us too. And it is this. There was a moment on Sabbath morning at annual council where Ted Wilson minimized social justice in its relationship to the gospel. Now, um, there was a large outburst reaction to that. Myron Edmonds actually led the pack in that calling for uh, the regional conference presidents to speak up against this, and uh, they did. The regional conference actually wrote uh, they 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 prepared a statement. All nine presidents together prepared a statement and sent it to Ted Wilson. And before annual council was over, Ted Wilson actually sat down with all nine of them and heard them out, and not only apologized to them, but then makes made sure to correct his statement on the live stream from up front. I have said a lot of things on this show, but that I respect so much. And it would be completely unfair and unjust for me not to say something positive and something and really acknowledge just how great what he did in that moment is because that was great leadership from him. And I can definitely get behind that. Um, I, so I, I just really wanted to be fair in my representation there of this issue of, of the greater kind of context going on with our leadership and, and wanted to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it changes anything we said previously. Oh no, 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 no. But it definitely gives good context. I kind of want to hear that. This is the first time hearing about it. I really want to hear what he said. Um, Cause yeah, it, I mean, it's just indefensible what, what he was saying. If, he, <clears throat> if he died on the hill of no, 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 I meant what I said. That's just indefensible. But if he's like, no, 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 let me clarify. I think that's that's. Yeah. Well, I do wish I do wish he had been a little bit more clear when he clarified it. But I'm not going to. Beggars can't be choosers on this one. Like I, I'm, oh, well. I'm thankful for any steps in the in that direction for now. It shows where his heart was at. I think yeah. that that helps a lot. But again, for me, I just the the lack of awareness because I go back to one of the things we harped on was this lack of awareness, and I'm like, the fact that you apologize afterwards is great. Once you were made aware of the problem, I go, but the fact that you didn't see it as it came up goes, okay, there's, there's a, there's a big blind yeah. spot here. Absolutely. A All right. Giant gaping, drive a semi truck through it. Blind spot. Oh, Man, are you describing the way the Dodgers play outfield? It's neither here nor there. <laughs> that is neither here nor there. Hear me for I have spoken absurdity. Uh, it are is you talking about the strength zone of any given Dodger player? Is that what you're talking about? A hole you know, so big you could just drive it. You could just drive a semi through it. <laughs> I I love that I have this over you for the rest of my life until you go see well, a doctor. Hold on, until, well, you, you have you have the game, but for the record, just for the record, they did win last night. So I didn't watch it because it was Friday night, <clears throat> but they won in eighteen innings. So if the Dodgers win the series, it's going to hurt a lot less. That's fair. But I still saw them play and lose. But you so. still saw them play. <laughs> um, and I've been at like 200 games. It's not like I've never, I've never stepped up. Like I've been to Dodger Stadium more than I've been to the GC. Like, do you understand? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
Dodger Stadium is like a second church for me. It's a cathedral, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's just this gorgeous, beautiful thing that I've had all these amazing memories at. And so for you to see the Dodgers in a World Series before me is is tantamount to, like... <laughs> betrayal it's like it's, it's like it, dating to me, an ex it's why john calvin you. can't be right like to me it changes my theology like i could not be like god cannot control everything in the universe if that happens like there's no way that both of us are in the elect and you get to, you know what i mean like it's yeah just, no i fit there's fair. certain things that's i can't fair. accept um that's fair. <laughs> i have to be arminius now i have in case i wasn't before i am now by the way i have to i have to also give a quick shout out <clears throat> my pastor here at the church that we're working at in andrews Gave a, a sermon, and you can tell he did his prep work because everything he was describing. But in the moment, he kind of, you know, some past like some preachers get nervous in the moment and they kind of like mess things up. He forgot Arminius's name, who he was, and so he goes, uh, the, um, Joseph Arminius. And I literally texted one of the other pastors, I'm like, Who the heck is Joseph Arminius? <laughs> nice, he's a weird cousin that, yeah, it's Jacob Arminius is the guy we follow, but I yeah, thought it was, it was just close. hilarious. Because then he's like, yeah, Calvin was French, and this guy was... And I'm like, so Calvin was Swiss. <laughs> Joseph Arminius might have been... <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We don't know Dutch. a lot about We don't him. know. We don't uh, know. Jacob Arminius was Dutch, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's jump into the meat of today's episode. Let's, let's um, ten minutes, now that we're ten minutes into the episode. Um, I feel like it's good we're stalling so much. A lot, of, well, a lot of this was good to talk about, so I don't feel terrible about it. But sorry to those who are like, just get to it already, as I'm now still not getting to it. Uh, we're recording this on October 27, 2018, and if you haven't checked the news between then and when you're hearing this, um, then you probably don't know about uh, the shooting in Pittsburgh that happened on Saturday morning, or I guess uh, as we're recording this today, literally earlier today. <sighs> Um, but in Pittsburgh, yeah. there was a shooting. I'm not going to identify the gunman on this show. Um, I don't think that that is helpful. I don't think it's good. I don't. That's not someone that I want to at all cement the legacy of uh, with by by making their name publicized. Don't give them. Don't give them attention. Yeah, but uh, eleven people, at least eleven, were dead, including. Um, and some cops were shot. I actually don't know. Three cops were shot. And I don't know, I don't think they died. I think it's only people in the church, um, or in the synagogue, I'm sorry. And um, what's different, what I find interesting about this one is that the gunman, it's, it feels so terrible to be saying this one, like this shooting, uh, as if it's like such a casual thing now. But I find it interesting that he surrendered, and I'm actually glad that he surrendered to police at some point, like that he's in custody the reason being, I know we've talked about mental illness and suicide on this show before, all right? And and I know we've talked about suicide, and I've talked about it from the perspective of it being something that you die from rather than, you know, willingly take your own life. But I don't know that that applies to, I don't know that I apply that logic to the case of mass murderers who then kill themselves right after, so they never have to really face consequences. And... I like that. It just, that has always bugged me. So I'm, I'm actually really glad that he's going to have to face the consequences of his actions. Um, yeah, here on this earth as well, uh, you know, as well as, um, at judgment. So in the for, world to come, yeah. yeah, for, for me, like that, that is kind of a big deal. I'm glad about that. And I know I just said the words mental health. And so hear me very carefully on this, Tony, I don't know if you agree with me, I guess we can find out. Um, but hear me very clearly on this, this, I'm not going to say that another white shooter in America is the result of our mental health crisis or mental illness crisis. Um, that is not <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that because it's not what it is. Like this is a, this is an act of terror. Uh, this is an act of uh, insane violence. And um, this is not like, I, I'm sorry, you don't get to, we don't get to talk about terrorism in general. And then when it's just a white guy in America, we say, Oh, he was just, you know, a troubled human being. I don't, I don't know that we can get away with that. And I don't want to get away with that. So I'm not okay with, with that. And I'm not going to say, I, I think I've said my piece on that for now, but. Um, yeah. I, <clears throat> I don't, I don't like politicizing this stuff. I think both sides for, for obvious reasons want to use it to further their agenda, whether you agree with that agenda or not. Um, to me, I think we have, I think it just proves that we have a lot of things that we can still fix. 
and I think we just need to go in and fix them instead of talking about them and blaming. Like, just, okay, well, then fix it. Like, go and fix it. Um, he says, talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, I, you know. But I am going to go vote and fix it. So, um, yeah, like, I, I think that's, I, you know, one of the guys on a, a podcast I follow called Men in Blazers had a great phrase about this. And he goes, you know, it's just terrible. This is a terrible event. Um, we need to love. We just need to love. Love needs to win out. Love and vote. And and some people give him flack for that. They're like, why are you make it po- political? You know, he goes, no, 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 no. You need to love and vote. Do something. That's how we as a common citizen beyond reaching out and affecting change <clears throat> on a broader scale. That's what anyone without any political training or anything like that, you can go and vote. And so just get out. Do it. Go. If you're a millennial, if you are under 30, go vote. Yep. Just do it. I agree. I'm actually, I have to get my, my, I need to get my license updated for Tennessee. Now that I live here, I still yeah. haven't done it because I lost my social security card at one point and yeah. uh, j- literally just got it back today. I just got a new one today. Oh, that's crazy. So I have to go get my license yeah. um, on Monday at the DMV. And I'm hoping that by officially becoming a Tennessee resident, I can, um, I'll be able, be able to, I'll be able to vote in time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's- I'm, I I got to be honest. I'm trying to find out if I can vote in the Texas uh, uh, primaries or the Texas midterms because I really want to vote for Beto. I, I this is yeah. the only time I will do this, and it's specifically because we're talking about this shooting. And I don't want to make it political. I love the way that he is running. I love the way he's doing it. He I, just earned I, a third major newspaper endorsement in Texas. I and and this is this is a guy that is going out and doing the work that needs to be done. You know, he's not look and I've and I've met Ted Cruz. Um, I've seen him speak in person. I have nothing against the guy personally. Like I don't know him as a as a person, but as a political figure I can say I do not believe he has the common good for Texans at heart. I think he understands them as far as the, the trope that they are. Um so he speaks the language that they want to hear, but I don't think he actually knows them or really cares about them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and he's not a native Texan. I mean, that's the other thing that cracks me up about all this is, is like, yeah, he may have grown up, but he's not a native Texan. And that's a huge thing in uh, Texas. Texans. Yeah. And so I just think it's one of those things that I really want to go vote for him personally because I just see the guy and I just go, you know, <clears throat> there might be a lot of things wrong in this country, but every once in a while someone comes in and gives you hope. And I look at this young dude. I see him and I get why JFK was so popular. Like I see him and I go, here he is. He's actually going out. He's he's convincing people they can be better. He's saying things, not just that people want to hear, but like reality. Now, if he goes out and screws that up and doesn't actually follow through with anything, then I'll be like, oh, all right, well, I'm disappointed. But like I definitely, like to me, I'm like, oh, I never understood how JFK could be so popular. Like I never got that growing up because I didn't see any, you know, I somewhat saw that with Obama. But with Beto especially, like I see his, because I didn't really see Obama do the, the grassroots as much. I didn't pay as much attention. Um, now I'm really seeing it and I'm just like, I'm visualizing and going like, no, totally. He's this young guy, you know, he was in a rock band. He can skateboard. He goes and just like meets people. He's like, Hey, this is Bob. Like Bob works here. Like he wants this. And you just don't see that on the other side. And so I really want to go vote for him. The point Mm. being, I don't like politicizing things like that because this is a tragedy and one of the things, and we can start to talk about kind of how we should respond to it as, as a church and as Christians, but the fact that we as a nation accept, because this is, this is coming on the heels, and let me explain so that you can understand what I'm about to say, to, to, to contextualize it. This is coming on the heels of another cis white male trying to enter a place of worship and instead going to a Walmart nearby and shooting two people of color, specifically black African-Americans. This is coming on the heels of it. I am, I am disturbed by how readily we simply accept mass murder and violence on a scale like this and are not incensed by it. It scares me. Because if something like this had happened, I mean, the 1800s were crazy. Like, people, they diminish 
how crazy the 1800s were, but people weren't aware of it. To a degree, you heard outlandish stories. Um, so the violence was there, but we just didn't see it. But whenever we would hear something about like, oh, a family was, you know, killed and, and you know, cut off by the C- C- Comanches or whatever, like there was this insane amount of like, we can't let this happen. And, the, and this, how dare, you know, children have to, and now to simply ex- see it accepted so readily. And granted, there were overtones of racism and, and you know, the, the, oh, the engines are coming to get your family or whatever. But it was like, it's like the fact that we can't, as a nation, just sit back and realize this is, we need to fix something. Yeah. It needs to be fixed, you know, whether it's mental health regulations, whether it's uh, uh, just a better background check for guns, whether it's, you know, I mean, whatever it is that we need to do, we need to fix something because we can't simply sit back and accept it. Cause I mean, 2018 has been ridiculous with the amount of mass shootings. I mean, it has been ridiculous. And I thought 2017 was bad. This has been ridiculous, and we need to accept it. We need to, as a nation. Now, that's the secular side of it. So when I see that 14 people were attacked in a Jewish synagogue and the guy was screaming, now again, I, all the reports haven't come in. Um, you know, we may have to do an update episode and, and go back. But from what I can see, and I was following it very steadily, unfortunately at the cost of my my pastor's sermon, um, which was why it was ironic that you could still, that's why I remember the Joseph Arminius. Cause I was like looking up from my phone being like, huh, what, <laughs> what, what did he just say? Wait a this minute. This guy's shooting people, but that caught my attention. Um, but like the reality is like, I was following that all day because I'm like, this, this just can't happen again, you know? And he's apparently, he was screaming, you know, like Jews need to die. And you look on his website and he's like, ah, Jews are the devil of the children. And here's the other thing that just, gets me and just drives me up a wall. Christians who do not understand Jesus at all. Mm. Do not understand Jesus at all. So apparently on this guy's Facebook or something, he had his quote from John 8 something, and it said, Jews are the children of the devil. And I just, I just like, I wanted to respond to this guy. Now, Facebook, I will admit, is where stupid has decided to make its home. So I don't comment on Facebook anymore. I don't respond to comments on Facebook anymore. I rarely respond to 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 trolls on Twitter. Um, every once in a while, Instagram, I'll kind of, but I, I rarely respond to anything on, on the internet anymore. However, I would want to talk to this guy and be like, you know that that was written by a Jew, right? Talking, yeah. quoting another Jew, correct? Like you are aware of that fact that they're like, Jews are the children of the devil, except for these particular good ones. Like, no, like that's, anyway. Nope. It it disturbs me when people don't understand how Jesus works. He's like, I just want you to love everybody. Yeah, except for those guys, right? We can kill them. We can totally murder the mess out of them. No, no, I not when I said everybody. Yeah, but you didn't mean them though, right? Because that like it just it just drives me up a wall. And then we have our president, God bless him, toting God bless everyone, God bless all, or something to that yeah. effect. Like God bless all. No, 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 no. God bless the Jews who were killed today. You can name them. Your son-in-law is one. You, yeah. Words I can't say because it's still the fringe of the okay. South. But can I? Can I have a counterpoint to the vote thing? All right, hit, and hit it's me, not. I'm not trying to say we shouldn't vote. All right. So before anyone like turns this off, my thing is like there. I'm tweet. I tweeted that the, out. The <laughs> thanks. Um, Ryan says don't vote. So. I just, I wonder, this is kind of a thought experiment. I haven't given it much thought outside of like you talking about it today has made me Let's like do this. first time I've thought about it, but the whole thing about people calling for, you know, everyone should vote. You should get out and vote, make a difference and your vote matters. And okay, fair. Absolutely agree. You should get out and vote and things, but the people that are saying that, right? Like the people that I hear saying that, and granted, I hear conservatives saying it too, but like I'm talking mostly on the left right now. People who are voting because they want to swing the House, the Senate, presidency, you name it, um, and bring balance back, whatever. They're kind of hinging on the assumption that the people who aren't voting are the people that will, like, <laughs> that will put their, the people that they want in. Like, so there's this weird thing of go vote, but I'm also secretly hoping that you vote for my guy or, or you know, the things that I want. And, like, that could be a double-edged sword. 
So like we talk about, we talk about 2016 and the elections that, that Trump won and we're sitting there like people didn't vote. People didn't vote. Like, no, people voted and we have Trump. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like at some point people are voting granted, always more people can vote, but I just worry that it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword I, I agree because I, it's this, I, it's just the kind of this like vague, like nebulous idea of go vote. You're I think voting. it's a matter of, right. I'm with you go vote. And these, you know, in parentheses for me um, or for my guy, I agree with that. But or I think girl. the other thing is just go, go let your guy is a, is a gender neutral term now. So please don't correct me. Um, I will absolutely correct you. You're assuming that guy is binary. You should go. You should go back to our episode with Anna Bennett, where she talks about calling people friends instead of guys. And, yeah. Uh, no. No. That that was a great one. Um, vote for my friend. Uh, <laughs> I sound so weird coming out. Don't I call me pal. Go vote for my buddy. person. I, I would be more okay if they said go vote for my person. Go vote for the you know. My my person. Go for it for the human being that I want to win. Yeah. We should just vote robots in. Let's just accept it. I keep seeing these AI commercials everywhere. Like, are you, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Am I, I feel is like, it just me? My thing is, I, I feel see like. so many commercials for, like, artificial intelligence out there now. And I'm like, did the 80s teach us nothing? My thing, like, my thing with the, with AI is, like, I know this is way off topic now. My thing with AI is I think the Turing test back. is getting easier, not because AI yes. is getting better. Not because AI is no, getting better. No, Because we're getting dumber. Humans are getting stupider. Like, it's, it is so, like, honestly, I would be somewhat okay with, ah, uh, to, to a, not, not come. I'm not comfortable with it, but I can kind of get why you would want like a robotic Supreme court. You know what I mean? Like like they would just, they would just look at how society has morphed and changed and just been like, we have determined that there's an 86% that this law will be, you know, overturned within 32 years. So we will overturn it now. Like I'm kind of okay with that at this point where it's just like, let's just, let's just, they're doing a better job than us. And I'm like, that's how, that's how, they're going to take over. That's how, that's how, not neck here. What was it? Skynet. That's how Skynet's going to get it done. Anyway. Back to voting. Wanting my Back guy, wanting my person to win. Vote for, in parentheses, my person. Um, to a degree, that is true. I think the bigger issue is go out and make your voice heard. I think that is the most important thing you can do. And I do think to a, to a large degree millennials and younger persons tend to be progressive. And so they will vote for people who will make a change on either side of the coin. Um, so people like Mitch McConnell and, and, you know, um, these, these just old white guys, you know, in the white house that Ooh. determine for the rest of the nation, what is and is not okay language to use and what isn't anyway. They they will be moved over because you have more progressive people who who will sit there and be like, well, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. I enjoy black people. Why are we making? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, gerrymandering still a real thing. Like these these things that you would think would be in the past. This stuff that sounds like it's a third world. I mean, look at the situation in Georgia. I mean, that's a third world level. Like we joke about it in the way. In case you don't know what's happening in Georgia. It's just taking a weird political turn, but let's do this. You know what? Especially talking about annual council. In Georgia right now, the guy who's in charge of deciding who is eligible to vote is also the guy who is running for office that is being voted for. So he has purged, and I have heard anywhere from like 40,000 to 340,000 people from the rolls. Yeah, I've heard that as well. And I'm like, regardless of whether, regardless of if he purged eight people from the rolls, that is a huge violation of ethics. I mean, talk to any ethical professor. If I'm in charge of who votes for me, I mean, that's literally step one in a dictatorship. Step one in dictatorship, make sure you get voted for life. But give the illusion that people can choose someone else, right? Where they get like 98% of the vote and the 2% are like, yeah, those are just people, they, they, a hundred would look bad is basically the assumption. And it's what cracks me up. It's literally what cracks me up is because I'm like, this is third word. If, if we see this in another country, if that happened in Haiti and they were like the governor of this Haiti, we would be like, what the heck that could never happen. 
in our beautiful country, and it's still happening. And so I, when, when I say go out and vote, go make your voice heard. That's yes. what's important. Um, and that, I think, is the issue in the GC right now. I right? actually, I, mean, I, I actually literally, okay, I'm going to pull this picture up. We're back on the GC. I don't even care. Um, <laughs> I just saw this picture today. It is a graph of the Adventist Church membership as of 2013, and then our delegate, um, our delegates by the oh, numbers. Who, who did that? Uh, I know who did that. Spectrum actually Spectrum. is the one who of shared it. Of course they did. Of course they did. And then, but like, how these are, are they not sponsoring us? But these we need to, <laughs> Spectrum. But if you are listening to us, but like here's the thing: like this is even money. if you think Spectrum's biased, fine. We want to promote, but you. these are like these are just numbers. These like, are numbers. These are just numbers. All forget, right. Like to me, again, I go back to the, like forget what they are trying to say with them. The fact that the Adventist Review wasn't the one to punch these out should tell you something. Yeah. The fact that it has to be Spectrum to just be like, here are the numbers. Like, yeah. Okay. So let's let, so like, let me give you some examples of this. All right. Uh, let's do the this. world church membership in 2013 was 57% female, 43% male in San Antonio. Our representation was 83% male, 17% female. And at the um, and the nominating committee for San Antonio, it's got to be worse. Was thirteen point five percent female and eighty six point five percent male. Yep. Yep. Now here's the kicker: you're gonna love this. Our uh, the percentage of our total mm. members that are under thirty in 2013. I can already feel it. Forty five percent. No way. Forty five percent under thirty. That's huge. Thirty to thirty nine, seventeen percent. Forty to forty nine, thirteen percent. 50 to 59, 10%. All right, ready? Yeah. Oh, this At, is worldwide. Yeah, this, this is worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. 18 million yeah. members, 75,000 churches. All right. San Antonio, 25 delegates by the numbers. Under 30, we went from 45% total membership to 6% representation. Stop. 30 to 39, 17% total membership, 10% delegates. 40 to 49, 13% membership, 26% delegates. This is where it's going to be 50 good. to 59, 50 to 59, 10% membership. So 10% of our total World Church membership. Yeah. 35% yeah. of our delegates. 60, uh, 60 to 69, 7%, 19% delegates. Do they, do they have male, female cuts? Uh, no, not, not by, not by each number. Well, you know that, total. I mean, you know that in San Antonio it was only 17%, but I'd be interested to see how many of them were younger or how many were older. Yeah. But yeah, I, that, it's just ridiculous. I, I, it really is. And, and it just goes back to, it goes back to this. It goes back to this idea of this, this horrible shooting has happened. I guess it's good to draw a parallel. The horrible shooting happened. And you look at how current leadership right now in this country reacted to it. And it reacted to it in a way that reveals a lack of awareness. And that is so scary because our church leadership is revealing that same yeah. lack of awareness. Okay. So then, so then, like, it's not that hard, man. The, and this is, so I think this is going to be the theme of this kind of episode. Um, because it is about we're, we, the original intent of this episode was to talk about the mission of the church. So why not? Why don't we do that for the next thirty minutes? Uh, because this does segue. I think that works. This yeah, segues I think in. That works. Lack the, of awareness. The yeah. solution to all of this. Let me be a hundred percent clear here. In my mind, the solution to all of this is boots on the ground work. I'm so glad you didn't say killing virgins on a pyramid because I thought that's where you were going. And I'm like, dude, that's been done. Didn't work. But they have boots on the ground. That's way better. Boots on the ground work. I'm just going to let what you said be what it is. <laughs> just No, I grassroots. I'm with you. No, like it's seriously. Literally, I'm like with you 100%. The way there is, there is no policy. Let me be 100% clear. I'm not saying I want to be a delegate, though I would, given how much outspoken I am on this, right? Um, we're, we're not even, well, yeah. We're there is no policy. Younger. In place that keeps Tony or myself from being the GC president. Nope. There is no policy in place, think, which is also. You have to be 30. Though? Well, I think maybe you have age. to be 30. Okay. Maybe age. But like, 30. here's my point. Any general member, there's no policy in place that keeps yeah, you no, from, from yeah, no. being that role. It's like technically any Catholic, technically any person on earth can be elected Pope. Yeah. I think my dog should be the Pope. Technically. Um, 
She'd be a great pope. Pope Sugar. Uh, so I think she'd handle the pedophile issue a lot better than currently. Oh, should. absolutely. So I, she'll bark them out of their jobs. Um, Sugarius the eighth. So I like boots on the ground work, getting involved locally wherever you are. Right. That's why the answer to the political stuff is vote, vote the people that yeah. suck out and vote the people that don't suck in. It's what you do in your daily life to begin with. Right. Like, so all these guys that are out committing acts of terrorism, right? Like we do this thing on Facebook because we're so sick of dialogue or we're so, or we're so sick of like speech. We hate, we do it on Twitter too. We block people we disagree with, or we just hide them from our timeline. So we don't have to see their stuff instead of actually like building relationships with people and, um, and actually dialoguing with them and acknowledging their feelings and their opinions without validating them. Right. Right. So, so without starting a fight, I will talk about this dude till the end of my life, but Daryl Davis, the black man who's a musician who befriended and turned several KKK members a lot. Like a lot of, like over a hundred, I'm pretty sure is the number now, like a lot of them by befriending them, not hiding their stuff, not pretending like they don't exist. Yeah. Okay. Like just hiding things in the shadows is exactly why things grow and and fester in the shadows. And so when you talk about uh, dangerous ideologies, when you talk about, um, when, when you talk about the, uh, okay, let me give you a perfect example because this has bothered me forever. We talk about very much so. We talk about how in ministry we do this for pastors all a lot. It was meant to be an encourager, but I think it does more harm than good. We say if you're not facing opposition, or or opposition is is a sign that you're on the right track. If people are standing against yeah. you, you're on the right. Listen, people stood against Hitler. People stood against Stalin. Yeah. People stood against like not for very long, but they did. Yeah, like th- this is my th- like, and and so like opposition. The fact that you have opposition is not yeah, in my mind a sign that you're on the right track. Uh like it's just not. <laughs> I I I'm sorry, but everyone has someone that disagrees with them. So I'm sorry, you will run into opposition no matter what what position I mean, I think, or ideology you hold. Well, no, no, hold on, I, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. No, 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 keep going. Keep going. I, I want to like finish this this thought process, right? So I think that's that's done more harm than good because what it's done, what what we kind of do is by pretending the opposition doesn't exist or by not engaging with them, we've shown them, oh, well, they have opposition, right? They they say, oh, look at them, yeah. they're they're against yeah. us. That means I'm that we're on the right track. Um, yeah. We need to keep going. We need to we need to like the reason these things are growing is because they're grassroots movements. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so organized. if we're going to make a difference, it needs to start with the way that we talk and treat, talk to and treat each other. Mm-hmm. That's where I yeah, am. All right. Sorry. Sure. I, I I'm, keep no, going. I'm with you. Or, on that. Or, so. I think, I think where people get <clears throat> this idea of opposition is Jesus talks about it in the gospel several times, you know, blessed are those, you know, when you were persecuted, um, you know, for they, for they rejected me, you know, the world would reject you, it rejected me. It's also going to reject you. Um, if you're my disciples tonight, you know, I go, there's a difference between that and opposition. Like, and Absolutely. I go back to like, like there's a difference between having a difference of opinion and unity being unified. When, when it says the disciples were all in one accord and in, in one place, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that they agreed with everything. It meant that they were united into where they were going. They were praying to God together in their understanding of who he was, and they were united in their in their purpose of coming together, which was to get the Holy Spirit. They did not agree on everything. If you think that the disciples had everything all in line, you have not read the rest of the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. You're and and to be quite honest, you're an idiot. Continue to re- you know what I mean? Like you're 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 completely taking it out of context. Paul and Barnabas fully disagreed and ended up going they completely thought. separate. Like they're yeah, the no, most they, dynamic, they, like evangelistic duo. And I mean, they just, fought and split. They, every everything about the first seven chapters. I'll even go the first fifteen chapters. I would give you the first Acts, fifteen. But the first seven for sure, up until Paul, or I guess eight, up until Paul, like, and then it kind of follows Paul's journey. But you definitely get this sense of like, even before they started talking about the Gentile issue, there were major problems, right? Just within the Jewish, this Jewish section of Christianity there were major issues and disagreements and different things. And so it's like, yeah, if you think the only thing, it just frustrates me when you have all that, even to the point where the reason why they had to appoint the deacons is because 
people were showing favoritism to the Jewish, the straight Jewish, um, you know, widows and orphans instead of all the Jewish widows and orphans that had come from outside, you know, the mm, Greek ones, yeah. the outsiders, uh, the ones who didn't, you know, weren't super Jewy. And well, that sounded really I, that was saying that. that was this is not the episode to say that word that that sounded really weird. Um, the ones who were not uh, uh, they didn't speak Hebrew. Um, they didn't they didn't uh, uh, they weren't traditionally Jewish, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a much better way. Thank you. for that, Thank you. I'm they, glad yeah, that we were I'm not, glad that we dealt yeah, with traditionally, that. Traditionally. Yeah, that, that that's it's uh, it came out. I was like, ooh, that ooh, sounded yeah. not what I was trying to say. That's um, the weakness of this being a conversation but, rather but, than but a here's the thing. And here's the thing. This is the other issue. When we talk about that, the fact that that came out that way. There's nothing wrong with being super Jewy, and that's the point. Is that it? It, it there was nothing wrong I, with being Greek and not speaking I, that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, it was wrong. Was the intent that was behind it? People were 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 disparaging these other Jewish people because they were different, because there were disagreements, and because they go, "Well, you are not following the same rules we're following." Even among this super rad, radicalized, I guess is a word you could use for Christianity back then. Um, like super tiny sect or branch of the Jewish faith. They were all together in this following this one teacher that they believed was the Messiah. And even among that, there was all these splits and differences. And I think that's the same thing when we go back to what is the mission of the church? How do we focus on the mission of the church? You have to realize that these disagreements and these, these fights, these scuffles are going to happen even among those that aren't super Adventisty, mm. Right. Like, we can't show favoritism. We can't be like, well, your branch of Adventism doesn't agree with my branch of Adventism, therefore we're not united. No, that has nothing to do with two, th- that, two separate issues. The mission of the church, of the Adventist church, the Advent movement started in 1844 and continued on until 1865 when it became defined. The mission of that has always been to discover the truth from the Bible— to spread that truth and to continue discovering new things about it, proclaiming the, the soon coming of Jesus Christ. That's always been our mission from the start. And I feel like we get caught up on these issues. I'll just call them issues. We get caught up on these issues that have nothing to do with the mission of the church but we put them as if they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like we put them up on this pedestal and be like, see, this is so huge. This will stop us from doing the mission of the church. And in my head, I'm like, how, mm-hmm. how is this changing the mission? If anything, it's restricting the mission because we can't do it. I mean, that's the thing we were talking about this. Like they kept talking about, let's get back to talking about Jesus. Let's get back to talking about Jesus. Once we deal with uniformity and you guys can get in line, let's keep talking about Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to start. Let's start talking about Jesus. Can we do that, please? Well, that would be very nice. And this is what kills me about everything that's been happening in our church recently is the reason the reason that church conferences, unions, divisions and the GC were created was to help advance mission. In other words, it was in order to help local church and empower local churches to advance mission and get because, the entire yeah, yeah. yeah the entire rhetoric of the last five years for five ten years of people has not been let's advance mission it's been let's maintain mission and that is like why are we talking about this we need to maintain mission we need to get back on track to doing you know to to, to keeping our mission going no 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 advancing mission and maintaining mission are two very very different things. And advancing mission empowers local churches to do so. Maintaining mission keeps a status quo. Uh, and, and and like what kills me too, I just saw this today and a friend of mine is, he's another Advanced podcaster. He's going to hear this most likely, but I'm not going to give him credit because of where he posted this graph. Um, but if he wants me to, I will put it in the episode description. So you know who you are, reach out to me. Um, but he posted a graph today from our annual council archives uh, for the stats presentation and uh, check this out <laughs> on our doctrine on state of the dead, right? So Adventists believe that when you die, you're asleep. You're essentially, you're just not, it's, you don't, you don't go anywhere when you die other than wherever your body goes. Right. So 
uh, you just die. So uh, no immediate translation into heaven or hell. No, none of that is immediate, right? So the areas of the world that have voted against women, have voted not against women's ordination, but that are demanding that the rest of the world uh, come back into compliance on women's ordination, over 10% of those populations strongly disagree with our doctrine on state of the dead. Think about that. Like, uh, uh, Tony understands this immediately. Listeners, I, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying by that. Over 10% of some of these divisions that are calling for compliance on women's ordination, over 10% of them are out of, or over 10% of their populations, respectively, are out of compliance in believing in the state of the dead doctrine. A doctrine. A doctrine. A huge ordination is not a doctrine. Identity-defining Doctrine. Doctrine. Now, granted, the NAD also falls into that. Uh, oh, wait, no, it doesn't. I misread. The no, NAD doesn't. No, nope. Nope. The NAD no, does absolutely not. doesn't. Um, we're like 2%. <laughs> That's yeah. so there yeah. you go. Like, take that for what it's like. This whole compliance unity stuff, like, we're, we are, we already operate on the, uh, we let people be what they need to be in their spaces as long as they are doing mission. And we let we allow space for disagreement. I mean, read the church manual. the The church allows polygamy. We support polygamy. Yeah, we talked about this last episode too. Official. Yeah, yeah. Like, just that fact should should cause you. It to does stop not. It like, does what? not support polygamy. It, it allows it, it. Just, just it in case it. there's someone who didn't hear last yeah. episode. We, it we, allows it in know. certain cultures where, like, if someone is converted who has multiple wives. They allow them to continue having those wives. I mean, I mean, it just yeah. So again, when we, why? Because that's the mission. Because the details, those details, they wanted to smooth over and they wanted to get them to the right point. But the 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 purpose was to allow the mission of the church to continue, which I agree with one hundred percent. Because here's here's the ultimate mission of the church, tying it back in with the shooting. The ultimate mission of the church is to bring healing. Mm-hmm. And when I say the church, I mean the Christian church. This is Christ's ministry. Well, I would on say Earth. it's to be a revelation of Jesus Christ, but yeah, which, I, which, which, would, which, be which would, would be healing, physical, yeah. mental, emotional, to bring them closer to God. Every part of that. That is our job: is to bring the comforter. To bring our job is to open those doors and to share Christ with the world. Who and and, and when Christ brings it, He brings healing. I recently did a week of prayer. Um, at my old academy, and all I talked about the whole time was how God wants to change you. God wants to change your perspective. He wants to change your attitude. He wants to change your past, present, future. And I talked about these various things, and I went through these various things, and every time I went to, why does God want to change it? Not because he just wants to change it because it wants to look different, but because he wants to bring healing, and he can't do that until these things eliminate, uh, until these Ooh. things are eliminated, because our perspective and our attitude will allow God to either change our lives or be rejected from 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 bringing healing into us, right? Because if if my perspective is off, then I can't see that I need to be changed, and if my attitude is off, then I will and I will not I will be too prideful or too angry or too whatever to allow God to change me. And and if my past is holding me back, if my present circumstances are holding me back, if I haven't given my future, God cannot bring healing into my life because I will not let Him. In the same thing, I see in our church. I'm like, sometimes I think we get so focused on the nitty gritty that we forget the life transformational event. Uh, Perfect example. There's a sermon series going on right now in my church, and when when the pastor, who's an amazing man and a great good preacher, a decent preacher, um, you know, he's not Dwight, but he's he's good. Um, when he goes up there, when he focuses on the life transformational aspect of the gospel, I I am enraptured by his sermons. I'm like I'm dead on. But the other times he will get into the technical aspects. And he will just get into the, and he gets lost in the forest. And I just, every time I think the same things, I go, dude, where's the transformation? You're talking about a lot of really good, important, you know, Jacob Arminius and all that, but where's the transformation? Uh, where's the point where Joseph, God brings healing? It's Joseph Arminius. I love Joseph Congratulations. Arminius. We have great. just successfully started fake news. Because Joseph now there's, Arminius was there's a someone, comedian. There's someone the going. first. There's literally someone going, wait a minute. Now, which is it? Is it Joseph or Jacob? I don't remember. 
Joseph was a Greek. Uh, <laughs> everybody. All right. Um, I agree. You, you you can't see the forest for the trees when you start. You like, like this becomes nothing more than shallow legalism. And, and, and again, going back to what I would love if the first church that had gone out, if the church that would, had the reputation of going out and bringing healing to people was the Seventh-day Adventist church. If that's what we were known for. And I feel like that, I feel like we haven't garnered that reputation because we haven't allowed God to work on our mission. We've made church about us. We've made church about rules and we haven't made it about going out and bringing healing to other people and ourselves as well. You know, if, if, if all you want to do is heal other people, but you never heal yourself. I mean, you know, a life transformed is what is the greatest evidence for a trans. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, for why God exists. Let me rephrase that. That was badly said. A, a life transformed, transformed life. life transformed is evidence a transformed, of a transformed life, life is the best evidence that God can transform lives. Um, so you have to continue to let God in, but I go, that's the point. That's the purpose. That's why all this stuff bothers me so much. And I think that's the reason why. And I think we have such a good mission, especially when we talk about why vote, why get your voice heard? Why do all this? Because it's not just to get your voice heard. That's not the point. If that's all it is, go shout, yell on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? It's not just to get your voice heard, but because we want to be able to make other people's lives better. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and God wants to make your life better. That was his mission, right? That was his purpose of coming here was to make your life better through various ways, but it was to make your life better, not worse. And I feel like a lot of times we miss that because we're so caught up on these. Well, I would say better on the things. eternal scale. I, I like, I don't mean anecdotally, like just, just anecdotally speaking, like yeah, my life was better way, got way, but, but better. Yeah. My life got way, I, I, even Tougher. more fulfilling. Tougher. My life, my life, my life got worse. Let, let, let me just, let me just be clear. Not tougher. I guess tougher, but it got worse. <laughs> I, I mean, after a while, things kind of evened out. Not even evened out, but things, it, things, it, have, it things gets, have improved. It gets a lot tougher. Yeah, no, uh, no but, for sure. But I would say more fulfilling, more purposeful, more in the, better so better in that way but not like better like oh you get no, a car like, and, and you this get, is not a yeah no this yeah. is not let me rephrase but here's my thing man yeah it's, we're, i know I, I know what you're saying i just don't want I, anyone yeah, else no, to no, take no, you, you out of clarified. context yeah no you absolutely clarified it and that's why i bring this if you have people in your life that care about you to the point where you know you're going to get taken care of you don't need a car you know what i'm saying yeah like if you have people where if they will they they love you to the point that you will find a ride to work every day and a ride to the store and a ride you don't need a car because you don't need to take care of yourself. Which is funny to me. You know what that makes me think about? Because I work in college now. College yeah. is the closest thing that we have to Acts yeah. to the early church of Acts. Oh yeah. The amount uh, of resource yeah, the amount of resource sharing that happens, the amount of support that happens, the amount of still struggle and fight and you know, but the fact like yeah, I I'm, actually think that our Adventist universities might be the closest. Well, look, I, you know, the best worshiping experiences I've ever had consistently from Adventist churches were on were on near or in the air or or like on campus. Oh yeah, absolutely of Adventist, and I, and I think that there's something to that, man. I like college students get pretty darn resourceful, and on top of that, like they're great about sharing things about like. You know, there are people that never needed a car because they could always borrow mine and they knew they could until I got a stick shift and then that stopped. Uh, <laughs> but they knew like if in a pinch you would take care, like people would take care of you. You know what I mean? And yeah, you might not have stuff. You might not have a relationship or you might not have things mm-hmm. or you might not even necessarily be quote unquote happier. Your circumstances might be horrible. You might be broke. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the friends thing, right? You know, your job's a joke, you're broke, you're, you're a lot of life's DOA. But it doesn't matter because we will be there for you and God is here to to make things better. So he might not make, he might not give you more stuff to make your life better, but he might bring in the right people or give you a purpose or even start training you and putting putting difficult things in your life to start training you so that you can become a better mm-hmm. person. Um, you know, Paul says that he's, you know, pray when you have persecution and, and this is, 
I know the context of this sounds horrible, like, but, but be joyful when you have persecution because it will bring character and character develops hope. And that means that God is continuing to work with you. Uh, yep. That being said, one of the things that I think we should respond to this shooting with as a church is to say, what is our mission? Is our mission about us? Is our mission about um, a title? Is our mission about making sure that everyone is on the same page and doing the exact same thing? Or is our mission going out and bringing healing? Mm-hmm. I don't need somebody to put their hands on me and to give me an official title to go out and to and to and to minister to those families, those Jewish families in Pittsburgh who've lost their loved ones. Yeah. I don't need an ordination cert, 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 certificate. I don't need I don't need a role as a pastor. I don't need a, a salary as a pastor. I just need Jesus in my life willing me to go do that and to say that this was done by someone who is not a Christ follower. This was done by somebody who is who is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Well and 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 who's taking the name of God in vain. Well, and to be honest, like so there's there are two things I, I have in response to the into the response of the, the shooting today. And they're things I've thought about before and I really should have put into been putting into action more. But part of this is the first thing the first one, I don't really have a lot of friends that fall into this category, so it's been harder for me to act on. The first thing I think we need to be doing is to any of our brothers and sisters who are Jewish, any friends that we have that are Jewish, um, we need to reach out to them and let them know they're appreciated, they're loved, um, they're cared for, and and show that to them. Not just reach out and tell them, but actually do something um, actively to appreciate them and show them. Um, but number two, I really... The amount of times I have heard a Christian pastor or a Christian in general sit down with a Jewish, um, with a priest or rabbi, um, and just talk about kind of Jewish history, talk about the, talk about the Torah, talk about, uh, the Pentateuch, talk, or, you know, talk about the, the Old Testament scriptures in general. I, I can't help but wonder just how much an unintentionally poor scholarship from Christian pastors has played into anti-Semitic uh, attitudes and and mm. and treatment, uh, yeah. because because like ultimately what we do is we read a lot into Jewish attitudes and Jewish perspectives without ever actually talking talking to Jews to about Jews it. about it, right? And yeah. so we look at Christian literature, we look at Christian scholarship to find out what this still very active worldview and culture uh, actually believed. In, mm-hmm. in that time. And uh, the amount of, so I, I, I realized I, the amount of times I've heard a Christian pastor say they sat down with a rabbi and asked about these and were corrected on all these misconceptions that we have about early Jewish history, early Christian history, even. It, it, it baffles it's me. It's very small. And yeah. I think, uh, like, this is to leaders, this is to anyone who does scholarship, and, 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 and I haven't really done a lot of investigation on this, so this could be way off base, but I, I know I've heard it in preaching. 100%, at least I know that I've heard. Um, at a local on, pastoral yeah, level. On a yeah. local pastoral level, unintentional anti-Semitic values come from the pulpit. And that cannot be the case. Um, and I'm to the point, this and this it shouldn't have taken this point, shouldn't have gotten here, and I apologize that it has. But I'm to the point that I really don't want to talk about early Jewish perspectives regarding and how they mix with Christianity without first talking to a Jew a, a Jew or talking to um or, or looking at Jewish literature as well as Christian literature. Like, I think we've been incredibly unfair uh, to that portion of our church history because it, because it does, it does mix, right? Like it, it absolutely does mix there at right there at the new Testament. But like, I really, really wonder just how much of this has played into it. Um, and, and I feel terrible about that. I really do. Like I, I and so I want to be better about that in my own preaching, in my own work, my own ministry, um, and I, and I do hope that if there's someone out here who hasn't given that much thought, like I hope you will too, man. If you find out how the how 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 they keep the Sabbath in Israel, like how they celebrate the Sabbath so coming in man. with a celebrate, celebrate is they the key they word. celebrate, yeah, they they yeah. dance, they party, uh, obviously appropriate to Sabbath, but they you know they they they're doing like no, they're, they're, they they, they, they party. dance, yeah, they party. It's a celebration, party. and yeah. we're like, all right, let's pray to bring in the Sabbath. 
Yeah, I I can't go to a Vespers. I can't go to like a traditional Adventist Vespers now. Like a home Vespers where it's like, and now we will read from Ellen White's Advent Home. I'm like, you. They set off fireworks. Yeah, right. In like Jerusalem. literally, like, Sabbath. Like aware? Friday evening is like New Year's Day. Like yeah, like it. They're like, break out the punch. Like it's a like. We will quietly contemplate. Like, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Because even like, and the other thing that I go back to when you talk about anti-Semitic, this is the part that always, again, I go back to, if you are a Christ follower, you cannot be anti-Semitic. It is, it, it, you can't. You either not a Christ follower or you are, or you will not be anti-Semitic. Jesus was Jewish. Because Jesus was Jewish. Jesus was not Adventist. Jesus was not Catholic. All the Jesus disciples was, were Jewish. Everyone was Jewish. Everyone was Jewish. Until they weren't like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody that we quote from the Bible well, other than Luke, but Luke does not speak in the first person. Yeah. Everybody in the Bible is either Jewish or from that, you know, like Babylonian Arabic, which the Babylonians were Iraqi. So, mm-hmm, or Iranian in the Persians and Cyrus, like, you know what I mean? Like there's literally nobody in the Bible that's like, Hey, I'm from here. They're either Ethiopian Jew or they're they're all Jewish. Like they're Jewish. And so to me, when you get anti-Semitic and beyond that, Semitic doesn't just mean Jewish. It means anyone from that area. A Mm -hmm. Semite is the Middle East. Yeah. And so it, it, you know, the, the hatred and the vitriol that we, we come against that only reveals our ignorance because if you hate the Jews, you hate the guy you supposedly love. Yeah. And that's again and 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 beyond the fact that he was like no, don't hate. That's I don't I don't hate. Do you get that? There's a great there's a great sketch uh SNL sketch with Jason Sudeikis as the devil. And they're talking about homosexuality in particular. And so uh it was this thing where they won't bake the cake because God hates gays. Mm-hmm. And so um and so they brought him in as the devil. And so he's like uh Hi, the devil. Uh, do you think God hates gays? And he literally, Jason Dick has this amazing, go watch it, YouTube it if you can. He literally goes, no, God doesn't hate the gays. He doesn't hate. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> I hate the gays because they come in with their little cupcake shops and they're, they're just making neighborhoods happy. I'd, I'd worked hard to, you know, bring crack and, you know, hard opioids into that neighborhood. And they just make everything better. I hate them, but I can't stay mad at them. And I go back to Jason Sudeikis, who is not a moral person, at least according to the the characters that he plays, has the best perspective of God that I've heard coming out of you know what I mean, like coming out well, of yeah, main, no, yeah, yeah, like mainstream yeah, Hollywood yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly how God is. Um, he hates God injustice. Hate. He hates you know what I mean. Thing. Like there are things that he hates, but he's like that's kind of his thing. And I just go back to like, why is it so sad that he's the one that's saying that? And instead, just the Christians are the ones with the with the flyers and the flags and the shooting of the things and the, you know, white people don't shoot white people; they shoot black people. Like, why is it us that are doing this? Yeah, and it just goes back to you. Yeah, it just goes back to what is your mission? What is your mission? Are you here to bring healing, or not? I'm here to are bring the here pain. To make- are you here? Are you here to open a can? Welcome to WWE. Right? Or are you here to serve? And I think mm-hmm. that the example, and, and this is why I love communion so much. I know this is the Sabbath that everyone leaves. I don't even know. Do they do communion services in non-nominational churches? Uh, I would imagine so, yes. I, they just, I, I wonder if yeah. they do it at the level that we do. I mean, I know they obviously they do They don't do them, foot but, washing. Yeah. That's why I love foot washing specifically. I was going to bring that up, so I'm glad you did. I specifically love the foot washing aspect of the Adventist communion service. So, so for everyone knows, traditionally, according to the manual, if you're in compliance, every 13th Sabbath, you are supposed to do a communion. Um, and you do foot washing and then, and then the, the juice and the bread. With the foot washing, I love that because it reminds me every time I am meant to serve. That is the ultimate purpose. I am meant to serve, especially as a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm not meant to preach. I'm not meant to educate. I'm not meant to do any of that. I'm meant to serve. All of that, anything I do falls under the umbrella of service. I'm not here to rule over you. I am here to serve you. I am here to serve you first and be the first one to go and serve. Yeah. 
And, and I think that's the mentality we have to have. So again, my, you know, our reaction, how should our reaction be to the, 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 this shooting of the Jews? Well, vote. Yes. Uh, make your voice heard. Yes. But first serve. Mm-hmm. Find a way go to make a diff, make an active Find difference a way to go for someone. Serve. Yeah. That might be through voting that, but, but go and make a difference in their lives. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, I don't know why you're listening to us, but if you're in the Pittsburgh area, <laughs> uh, God bless you. Go, please find a way to do this. Take your weekend, take your Sunday, and go. Yep, I think that's a good place to kind of end on. So um, I appreciate this discussion. Neither of us knew it was going to end up here, so that's why I yeah, love this. Yeah, t- this took some um, fun turns. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So thank you guys for listening to Absurdity. Really appreciate you. We are officially, I found it out today, we have the most episodes of any Adventist podcast currently that I know of. That's awesome. So this is exciting. We're, con- we're pretty consistent. Uh, every week's yeah, every week tends to catch good. you up real quick. Yeah, um, it really does. But yeah, that, which I think is really cool. So we just can't miss weeks anymore to, to keep that streak. Now Tell your a, friends. Unless Join someone starts releasing two a week, we're I think we're okay. We are um, the USS Enterprise of Adventist podcasts. <laughs> if there's boldly. someone I don't know of out there that does, has done more, let me know at all. I'll I'll walk back this statement. But for the moment, we're claiming the belt. Oh, absolutely. I'm Hear us, Absurdity, uh, for we, we have, have spoken. spoken. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to Absurdity. If you want to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcatching app that you use, except for Spotify, yet. Uh, not yet, anyways. But we will Almost. be one of these days. Soon. Um, if you want to give any comments, questions, or feedback, you can email me, Ryan180Becker, or you can tweet at me, tweet at Ryan180Becker. Um... Did I, did I, did I just say my email without actually email? Yeah. Email me Ryan180Becker at gmail.com. Tweet at me, tweet at Tony, Tony underscore nobly, or just type in, or sorry, A-N-O-B-I-L-E, or just type in the new Dr. Jones. The new Dr. Jones. Aha, I'm I'm getting this. Um, And and also we do have a Patreon if you want to support, support this financially. I made it a point to keep that out of the GC episodes. Um, but if you do want to support us financially, I would really appreciate it. Uh, every dollar goes back into this podcast. We actually just bought Tony some new headphones. So, so amazing. Uh, everything, it makes life a lot easier. Um, and so thank you guys so much for your support, for being on this journey with us. We'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.